Welcome to the Real Estate Syndication Show. Whether you are a seasoned investor or building a new real estate business, this is the show for you. Whitney Sewell talks to top experts in the business. Our goal is to help you master real estate syndication. And now your host, Whitney Sewell. This is your daily real estate syndication show. I'm your host, Whitney Sewell. Today, our, our guest is Kevin Amolsch. Thanks for being on the show, Kevin. Thanks, Whitney. I'm really excited to be here with you today. Great, great. I'm excited for you to be here also. Kevin started Pine Financial Group 10 years ago and has successfully raised over $70 million in private equity to fund hard money loans. In the last 10 years, Pine Financial Group has closed almost 1,400 deals worth over $390 million. Kevin, thanks again for being on the show. That's, a, that's an impressive amount of money that you've been able to raise, and we want to dig into that. Uh, obviously, the syndication business, that's, that's, that's a pretty important skill to have. So, uh, But, you know, give our listeners a little more about your background, you know, and, and what you're up to right now. Yeah. So I got started at a pretty young age. I was 21 years old. I bought my first house, and I lived in it for a few years, moved out of it. And I kept it as a rental. And you know what? You probably know this, Whitney. It just is such a fabulous investment. And I saw the values going up. I was cash flowing. I was paying off my mortgage. And I was like, you know what? Real estate is what I want to use to get me rich. So I started focusing on real estate. And I was just doing the single families, you know, fix and flips, wholesaling, buying properties, holding them in as rental properties, doing all this while going to college uh, and working. So I worked really hard, you know, making phone calls on passing periods at school. And I built up a nice little portfolio of rental properties. And what I learned in the real estate business that I love, the passion that I have for it, is on the financing side. The financing is what creates the deal. It's how you negotiate it. It's what puts it together, how you write your offers. It all comes down to the money. Uh, I love money. So I focused on the financing side and I became a mortgage broker. And that was terrible. I had no control. I was approving people. They were, uh, they were finding their dream homes and the guidelines were changing. And I had to go back and tell them they can't buy their house. And it was just awful. So I wanted more control and I started raising private capital. And this was back in 2006. And I had a partner at the time and her and I were out there making loans, raising capital, making loans for people to fix and flip houses. And then uh, we decided to go a different direction. I started my company, Pine Financial, and that was in 2008. And it's just taken off. Nice. And that's what I'm doing now. I spend most of my time um, with uh, Pine Financial or doing some developments. Great, great. So, you know, I, you know help the listener who is just getting started in, in raising money. You know, or, you know, these, I think everyone, when they're getting started, they're fearful of that conversation, you know, with investors and, and, you know, can you, you know, help that person to get started? What are some things uh, that they need to be thinking about just getting started about, you know, with learning how to raise capital? Yeah, I think the, the skill of raising money really comes down to your confidence. Um, if you can get in front of somebody and, and show you know what you're doing and show that you're confident, you're going to close them. Uh, I've just seen that over and over and over. The scary thing, what you're alluding to here, is is that first that first investor. It's you don't you're not necessarily confident because you haven't ever done it before. Um, but I think if you could practice your scripts and your routines, and uh, even if it's in front of a mirror. And get comfortable with what you're talking about. That's really going to be your first step. And then when you sit down with a potential investor, 
uh, you will have some confidence and that will, that will come through in the conversation, I think. No, that's good. That's good advice. What are some things that we should be thinking about, you know, for that listener, he's thinking, okay, you know, what, what do I need to know before I have this conversation with this investor? What's he going to ask me? Yeah, I could tell you the high net worth people that I know, first of all, they're extremely nice and, and giving people, loving people. And a lot of, I mean, sometimes you think richer or uh, high like affluent or richer people are intimidating, but that's, that's not the case at all. I, I think that they're really easy to get along with. Um, yeah, just the, the questions that, you know, the listeners oh, the you know, that's getting started is going to be worried about, you know, like, what, what, do I, what am I going to have to answer? What do I need to be prepared to answer? Yeah, absolutely. The high net worth people, what from my experience, is they're more concerned with the return of their capital than the return on capital. I'm sure you've heard that before. Um, you don't want to go into a, a meeting selling a, a return or, or making promises of, of, you know, they're going to make all this money. What you really should be focusing on is how you're going to protect their money, how you're going to keep it safe and return it to them, and how long that's going to take you to do that. Those are the types of questions that you'll typically get in a meeting like that. I like that. So you're going to focus on how to protect their money and when they're going to get it back. Is that what you said? Right. Nice. Nice. So how, how do you... Um, how do you find these investors? You know, besides the local REIs, you know, I hear that often, you know, get out to the REI, you know, club and all this, all that, you know, what, what do you do to find accredited investors or the high net worth uh, investors? Well, I'm in a lucky position right now because I have a regulation A that's been approved by the Securities and Exchange Commission, which allows me to actually market my, my offering. So I could put up a billboard that says, hey, you, I'll pay you 8% on your money. Um, now, most people, especially newer folks, aren't able to do that because uh, we're talking about a security here and you can't typically market a private security. So you need to go through your network. Now, you said the REIs, um, the Real Estate Investment Clubs. I, I do love that way to do it. And the reason I love that is because you're dealing with people who understand real estate. And if they can understand real estate, they're going to have a better grasp of what you're offering. Um, but there's lots of ways to do it. Uh, my chiropractor is an investor with me. Um, I've talked to my dentist, almost gotten my dentist closed. Um, but just tell everybody you know or everyone you talk to what you do, and then it's going to be a snowball. You're going to ha- when you have success, people talk to their friends. Like, look, I'm, I'm making money with this guy. Maybe, maybe you should consider investing with him. So the first one's a little tougher, then it gets easier and easier and easier, and it's just through the network. So, so okay. So you're finding, you know, you're finding your investors, and and uh, let's see. You know, we talked about meeting them, people. We talked about the questions. You know, really, what's next? How are you marketing to those investors? Yeah, I guess uh, I'll, I'll share this with you. The Aside from my elevator pitch and just talking to people, the number one way I've found them is through seminars and um, education events that I put on. Similar to what you're doing here at Whitney, you're getting in front of people and you're the expert and people want to work with experts. So I, I like to put on you know, free seminars, investment seminars, and teach people and then say, oh, by the way, I, I raise money and this is what I do with the money. And, and I've gotten a lot of investors that way. So it's just taking the confidence to put together something like a podcast or a seminar or a webinar and, and doing it that way. So, so how, what are you talking about at the seminar and how do you market that? 
So the seminar that uh, when I was just getting started and I was bringing in my first you know, handful of investors was uh, I teamed up with a real estate agent. It was a Keller Williams real estate agent. And he was teaching the uh, Gary Keller's Millionaire Real Estate Investor book. There's a seminar that goes along with that book that the agents are able to go out and teach. So he had a one hour uh, presentation that he did. And then I went for one hour talking all about the financing side. So I, what, how do the mortgages look? How does private money look? Um, how do you, you know, yield spreads and rates and different things that I understood. So we teamed up that way. And, and the, the event was like the millionaire real estate investor event. And it was a free seminar. We both marketed to our list and, you know, first couple, we've got two or three people to show up and then it just kind of grew from there. Wow. No, I like that. You, you teamed up with somebody. So, you know, you didn't have to be the one with all the knowledge, right? I mean, you, you oh, were, that's right. you had a partner, kind of, you know, in another sense, you had a partner that was taking part of that, uh, taking part of the show, right? Um, yeah, exactly. And, you know, the database is super important in this business. Maybe we get into that a little bit, but mm-hmm. uh, the database is, is one of the most valuable assets that you will have in this business. And he had a small database, I had a small database, and we don't compete. So we wanted to cross pollinate. You know, I wanted to get some of his list, he gets some of mine. So we would both market. And if we, could. I mean, I, in fact, I have done other seminars where we bring in an attorney or we'd bring in another mortgage broker or, or something and we all just team up and do a big event and we're all marketing the event. Yeah, I, I love that. So I, I wanted to go back though, and I lost my train of thought a minute ago, but I wanted to ask you, um, you know, you talked about being able to market these events, you know, for, uh, you know, for the, or, or your investment opportunities. And so for the listener that's not sure why that's a big deal, just can you just... Uh, Elaborate on that just a little bit on why you can do that and why somebody else cannot. Yeah, they call it general solicitation. When I say they, I'm talking about the Securities and Exchange Commission or your local regulators in the state. A lot of securities are regulated at the state level. Um, but if you're generally soliciting, that's that's considered illegal in most cases. Um, so you're not allowed to tell people that you have this investment opportunity um, unless you have a pre-established relationship with them. Um, and that's hard to do. I mean, it's, it's definitely through networking and going to coffees and lunches. And it's just, it's challenging. It's all through your network, right? It's hard work. Uh, for me with the regulation A, I could send out a direct mail campaign, or like I said, I could put up a billboard or I could just do something on social media. And so it just brings in a lot more people, a lot more interest uh, very fast. A regulation is fifty grand, mm. so it's it's not for someone who's just just getting started. I'm, and, gl- I'm glad you said that. I was going to ask, what's the downfall? Why does not you know everyone do that? Right. So it's and the difference between a regulation A and some of the Reg Ds. Most syndications are Reg Ds, okay? But mm-hmm. Reg Ds oftentimes are if you're going to market your security or solicit, you have to do it to accredited investors only. And you can only bring in accredited investors. See, the regulation A is open to anybody. And I could accept small investment amounts, if I like, from non-accredited investors. Um, so it just opens up the possibilities. Yeah, and you said it could cost up to 50 grand or more to, to set this right. up properly or legally. Right. Yeah. So, so why is it worth it for you to do that and not, not somebody else? Um. Don't know if it is not somebody else. I mean, everybody's situation is going to be a little sure. bit different. For me personally, the reason it's it's good is, you know, I've got about seventy three million dollars out on the street right now. Um, you know, 
at work. So we're not talking about a $2 million syndication here. We're talking about $70 million and, and it probably won't be long until I'm you know, over $100 million. So for right. me, it makes a lot of sense to spend fifty grand yeah. um, because I can make that up quick. Yeah. And so you know, how, what types of uh, – well, I mean, what are you investing in? What are you investing that $70 million in? Oh, those are all, the, so the seventy million is all in loans. Okay, so new okay. construction, fix okay. and flip loans. Okay, yeah. okay. You know, and also I wanted to go back to the we were talking about database and and you know I wanted to ask you like what CRM do you recommend or use? Um, so I use a, a couple of different ones, actually three. Um, I really like Act because um, well because I understand it. I'm sure that there's better ones out there now, but that used to be the big one, right? Uh, so I use Act, but. For some of the more automated um, touches, I, I like constant contact a lot. Um, the downside to constant contact is if somebody signs up on my website, it won't automatically send them you know, two or three emails. Um, I forget what you call that. but Like an email campaign. Will, like an email drip campaign or right. something. Um, so I use AWeber for that piece. So if you sign up to get my free report or a whatever it is that I'm giving away on the website, you'll get an email back and then you might get one a week later and then one in a month. And then you're going to be in the uh, constant contact where you get newsletters and invites to events and that kind of thing. So, so you use ACT and you said there's a couple other uh, CRMs or is that the constant contact and AWeber? Yeah. Okay. I just, yeah. So ACT is the primary one. So how, how are you staying in front of investors? How are you, um, you know, just keeping that relationship active and going, staying top of mind? Yeah, that's pretty easy because they get a check from me every single month. Uh, so that, that one's not a problem. But I, I do newsletters um, every month. I get tons of great feedback about that. I, I highly recommend you touch your potential investors as often as you can. Uh, we, do, we have a YouTube channel that we're putting out a video a week. If I had more time and a little more motivation, I would be doing something just like what you're doing. I think the podcasts are huge. So nice. I don't know if that, if that helps you, but yeah, I yeah. try to touch them as much as I can. So what kind of information are you, are you putting in your newsletters to market to, to investors or potential investors? Yeah, they really like to know how the company is doing and how uh, my staff is doing. My staff has relationships with our clients. So for an example, Charlotte is, she's uh, having a baby. She's getting ready to have a baby probably in about a week. So we like to talk about that and, um, you know, if someone has a cool trip that they went on or they're doing something with their family, we talk about that. I try to keep it personal. You know, I want to, I want to have this relationship. This is a relationship business. And then I'll do some articles uh, about how to improve your business and about real estate and, and that. So do some education in there as well. I like how you put in the, you know, the more personal aspects too, you know, so it's, it's just more of a, it builds a relationship, right? Instead of just being this right. kind of superficial Thing. here's how you invest in real estate and see you next month. Yeah, exactly. I got two girls and, um, you know, I'm a proud father and I talk about that and, and I'm not running away with your money. You know, I'm here. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, give the listeners some more, I guess, tips in, in just raising capital. You know, what are maybe some, uh, some things that problems or, or uh, common mistakes that you see that, uh, or maybe, you know, they're common, but maybe not as obvious you know, that, that we wouldn't know of? Oh, that's a good question. So a common mistake in raising money. Well, I think people, they might be offering a preferential return that's too high. That would be a good example that I see some people do. Um, or they're, they close their mind on how they would construct a deal with a private investor. Um, they might say, 
hey, we're going to split a deal 50-50. And I think being so focused on something like that, you're giving them uh, lots of opportunities that will benefit both you and an investor. Maybe an investor doesn't want 50% of the deal. Maybe they just want a, a, a return. Uh, or maybe they just want an opportunity at other deals. Um, so, or it could be could be anything. So, I would say maybe closing your mind a little bit would be a mistake. And I would ask that everyone open up their mind a little bit, and then and that would help them raise some money. Um, other mistakes is is focusing on returns and not returning or returning the capital and not protecting it. I, I hear I hear that a lot. Hmm. So. Uh, it, you know, go, could you go into a little more in depth there? Uh, just you know, protecting the return and not focusing on that. Yeah. So you know, when you're sitting down with a private investor, you, the returns always comes up, and so you might say, "Well, I can get you a twelve percent return. This is a twelve percent return. This is how I can afford that." And they'll focus on that twelve percent return. My advice would be like, "Well, the deal can only afford to pay you know a nine percent return or an eight percent return, but I'm going to keep you really safe because we're going to be putting a lien on the property in your name, so it's secured by this, and the, this is the value. Let me show you the value of the property, and here's here's the lien, and here's oh by the way, here's the title insurance, so that you know that your lien's insured, um, and you can you know you could do an equity." equity type investment, like give you 20% or 30% or heck 50% of the deal, but you could secure that with a lien on the property. So that would make investors feel very comfortable. Hmm. So, you know, I'd like for you to tell the listeners a little bit about, or get us started on the, the recent deal that you syndicated and, uh, and maybe we'll, we'll ask, you know, we'll get into a few questions about that, that specific yeah. property. Yeah. So we talked about that a little bit before we started recording here. Um, it wasn't recent, actually. I'm still in it. So I guess that's recent. But when I first syndicated this deal, it's in Brighton, Colorado. It's an 80-acre piece of raw dirt. And the idea was to build uh, or develop it and sell it to a builder that will do 150 houses, 360 apartments, and 10 acres of inline retail space. And it's a fantastic location right on the south side of Brighton, um, which is pretty close to Denver. And I was brought, that deal was brought to me by somebody that I really knew well and I trusted. Now, I didn't know anything about land development and I didn't know anything about the team he had behind him. But I knew this guy and, and I was getting started in this business. So I wanted to be involved. So I raised a million dollars from friends and family and colleagues and I injected it into this deal. This was supposed to be a temporary, uh, basically, bridge until they got their commercial loan in place. The problem was this was 2008. And if you remember, banks were closing in 2008. So the deal fell apart and the sponsor started stripping the million dollars to pay his mortgage on other pieces of land that weren't even associated with this. Oh, wow. So... When I found out that there was this going on and the loan was in foreclosure, it was, it was a mess. I raised another $2 million in a different company, a different LLC we structured, put a Reg D together, raised $2 million, And I bought the note that was foreclosing. So I saved the deal. I kicked the prior management out and I took it over. I had no idea what I was doing. So I'm trying to hire people and bring people around me that were good at land development. And it's been a long, slow process, but right now we have the property sold and I'm on the Metro District Board. And so my profit is going to be coming from 
metro district uh, bonds that the metro district issues, and then it's going to reimburse for development costs, public improvements. And I negotiated with the developer that bought it to give me half of whatever his reimbursements are, I get half of them. So I'll be able to return all the two million bucks back plus about a 50-ish percent return. Uh, the downside is that that first million is gone. Wow. So how do you prevent that from happening in the future? You know, what I've learned is when you're doing a deal like that and that size, the sponsors and the management behind the deal, that's where you need to put your effort in the underwriting. Um, the deal could be great, but it could be screwed up by bad management. Obviously, the 2008 thing, we didn't see that coming. So that was huge. But have I, if I had better management in place, we could have got through that problem. Mm. Um, so I would say spend time on on the sponsors and the managers and dig into them. It's not hard to find bad stuff on bad people on the internet. Right. So, but, but this individual, you felt like you knew, you really knew well, correct? I didn't know the sponsor. I knew okay. one of the team members that brought okay. me, but he got, he got pushed out. Uh, so, and then I didn't know any of the team other than him. And, and that's my mistake. I should have dug into the team. Nice. So going forward, you know, what, what kind of research, you know, or, or will you do going forward as you raise capital for teams like that? That's interesting. I just got asked to do the same, very similar thing for this really interesting oil deal uh, up in Canada. And the very first thing I did is I Googled all the sponsors or all the management team. And I found out that one of them had been sued for fraud. So that makes it real easy to stop doing my diligence on the oil and gas uh, opportunity. So going forward, I always start there. Just Google somebody. It's amazing what Google comes machine. up. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, yeah, I mean, obviously after that deal, you know, a lot of people would say, oh, I'm never going to do that again. You know, just especially the 2008 stuff. A lot of people got burned. I was just talking to someone today on the phone that was like, uh, you know, I, I'm going to get back into real estate, but I got hit so bad during that time. I'm not sure if it happened or not. Um, but you know, I, I appreciate you still making it happen and getting back in. And, uh, so what are some ways that you're, that you've improved your business recently that we could all apply to ours? Some ways that I've improved it. Yeah. Maybe well, one thing. You know, I think training systems are huge. Um, so I, I think I would focus on that. If, if you can hire people, good people as quickly as possible, I'm trying to do everything yourself really slows down your growth and it's going to limit your income. Um, so I, I say for me, I'm always trying to hire good people and train them the best that I can to be better than me. And frankly, they are. My staff is amazing. Wow. No, I like that. Hire good people as quick as possible and doing everything your, yourself slows down your growth. That's so true. Um, so what, what's one thing that's contributed or, or maybe the, the top thing that's contributed to your success in, in raising capital and just in the real estate business? Yeah, that's a good question. I, I think it's resilience. You know, I, I really believe that you can't fail unless you quit. Um, you can make mistakes and fall down and, and frankly, you're going to. Um, but if you just get up and go and get up and go and get up and go, you will not fail. So for me, it's just, it's just the grind, like just go. Hmm. No, I like that. I like that a lot. Nobody Talk said it would be easy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. If it was easy, everybody would do it. That's right. This is not easy. It's not get rich quick. This is a slow, extremely fun process. So what's a way that uh, you like to give back, Kevin? 
Um, you know, I spent a lot of time donating my time to help kids. So I, I sit on the board for the uh, associate board for the Boys and Girls Club here in Denver. And I, I really enjoy that organization. Um, inside the real estate world, I, I love teaching. So I, I write on blogs and I teach classes and put on events and with the exception of one event that we charge 20 bucks to get into, and that's just to pay for the room. Everything we do is free. So we really try to, we just try to help, help as many people as, as we can. I like that. And is there a need in your business right now that you'd like to let the listeners know about? We're growing. Uh, the need's always capital, right? So we're, we're actively raising capital. My team's lending it out like crazy. So it's just, it's just, um, yeah, it's just meeting new people and, and getting to know good folks. Great. So tell, tell the listeners how they can learn more about you and your business or, or get in touch with you. Yeah, the best way is probably the website. It's uh, www.pinefinancialgroup.com. Um, or you could email. I'm happy to talk to anybody. If you want to email me, it's kevin at pinefinancialgroup.com. Email's much better than phone. Um, I don't take all the calls that come into my office, Frank, just to be candid with you. But I will respond to emails. So it's kevin at pinefinancialgroup.com. Thank you so much, Kevin. I really appreciate you know you just elaborating on your experience and helping us, uh, you know, it just in the business of raising capital, you know, just from your your success. I, I really appreciate your time, and uh, I hope the listeners will connect with you and and Pine Financial, and then and also go to LifeBridge Capital and connect with me and, and schedule a call and, and go to our Facebook group uh, so we can all learn from experts like uh, Kevin and grow our business together. And uh, have a great day, and we will talk to you tomorrow. Thank you for listening to the Real Estate Syndication Show, brought to you by LifeBridge Capital. LifeBridge Capital works with investors nationwide to invest in real estate, while also donating 50% of its profits to assist parents who are committing to adoption. LifeBridge Capital, making a difference, one investor and one child at a time. Connect online at www.lifebridgecapital.com for free material and videos to further your success.